let's get really good at hard conversations and really good at demonstrating our value to our to our clients. Embrace your professionalism, learn your skill sets, yeah. and embrace the hard things. Welcome, real estate agents. My name is Reed Moore. I'm your host of the RMG Agent Podcast, and this is a special episode where we're going to be going over the Sitzer Burnett trial. Before you yawn or roll your eyes or whatever, because you've been hearing so much about this, hopefully, um, I want just to say stay tuned because I think the things we're going to talk about today are going to be specifically impactful to you. Our job always is to uh, impact, empower, and encourage you in your real estate career. So that's what we're going to do today. And to help me do that, as always, is my co-host, Jake Bartlett. But before he jumps on the screen, make sure you go to uh, RMG Agent Podcast to get all of the best stuff that we put out there. And with that, Jake, good to see you again. Yeah, you too. So uh, guys, really excited about this. Going to have maybe a little bit different take on it. Um, and and one of the things that was really exciting for us when we talked about doing this podcast was that um, we get to get in front of you as things change rapidly and we get to talk to people and we get to kind of share our experience and, and how we're thinking about, you know, different, different topics within the industry. So when we talk about the Sitzer Burnett case, read what is going on. There's a lawsuit that just concluded called the Sitzer Burnett lawsuit in Missouri. And it is the first of many challenges to the way that real estate happens, specifically the way the commission structure uh, is done inside of real estate. So it um, the lawsuit accused a lot of the large brokerages of uh, collusion. It was an antitrust lawsuit. And in a very short period of time, the jurors came back and said guilty. And and the, the number was like 1.8 billion with the, with the multiplier, it's over 5 billion dollars in damages. It'll get appealed and a bunch of other things uh, that will happen. But the, the fundamental issue is that this has the ability to change the landscape of real estate. And so there's there's a lot maybe to be said about that. And there's also maybe a lot that I don't want to talk about today. So the first thing I want to talk about is that this is not the first time our industry has been here. And one of the jokes that I have with people that I'm in business with is, you know, when something big happened, I'll, I'll just kind of remind everybody like, hey, this is like my 56th end of the world. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Because in business and in real estate and in life, there are so many things to be fearful of and so many things to allow you to, uh, to, to jump in and, and kind of, you know, take all of your attention. When I first started in real estate back in 2002, it was only a couple years after that that the, the first you know, nationwide end of the world happened in real estate. And it was, um, what ended up happening is, is right before I got into the industry, there were books of real estate that were printed off and they were passed around through the brokerages. So that's the only way that you could find you know, find property. And then uh, to some extent, properties went online. So you could get some basic details which were usually not correct with no pictures, and uh, no consumer had access to that. So what happened was the fundamental model of the real estate agent at the time was called the gatekeeper model. And that is, uh, you know, Jake, if you want to buy a house, you have to go find a real estate agent that is the gatekeeper to access 
all of the information. You literally don't have any access. So what happened leading up to 2005 is there were online brokerages that came and said, hey, this is not very an efficient way to do this. It's not a very effective way to do this. And it's not a very consumer centric way of doing this. And the whole real estate world just lost their mind, right? Everything, <laughs> everything that, that they knew was, was that their value was attached to being the gatekeeper, right? They had all the knowledge and information and, and you had to, to go through them to get it, right? Uh, commercial real estate a lot of times actually still works this way or uh, in some large cities like New York, there's actually still the gatekeeper model to some extent that's, that's in place, right? So 2005, the Department of Justice steps in as right so this isn't this isn't a civil lawsuit the doj steps in and just says hey like to the national association of realtors you can't do this like this is this is not good right so um so they filed the lawsuit in 2005 against the national association of realtors challenging the policy that obstructs real estate brokers who use innovative internet-based tools to offer better services at lower cost to consumer this suit uh, forced a national discussion about the consumer right to access the MLS. In 2008, the lawsuit was settled and, and all of a sudden the gatekeeper model went away. And lo and behold, two things didn't happen. One, real estate agents didn't become irrelevant. Right. Right. Second thing that happened is it actually didn't drive commissions down, right? Because what ends up happening is that in our industry, there is a certain value attached to people who are good at their job and can facilitate transactions for people. Right. Right. So uh, I just remember how big of a deal it was then. And so now we fast forward all of these years and we've had lots and lots of ends of the world, right, through through all this time. And so here's another one. And I don't want to be flip about it or say it's not relevant because the decisions in this case actually are relevant and they're relevant uh, for two groups of people. One is they're relevant for real estate professionals. Whatever happens over the next several years could be really easy for real estate agents to pivot around and it could be really, really hard right? If, if it shows up on the easy side, what ends up happening is a bunch of the new practices that have been rolled out over the last three years are just kind of acknowledged and we just keep doing business that way, yeah. right? If we go over to all the way to the hard part, I don't want to say good and bad because that's not, that's not it. It's easy and hard. Uh, if it's hard, what happens, it goes all the way over here. Then uh, at maybe like the hardest part is that uh, commissions get decoupled. So if you go list a house, you don't have the ability as a marketing strategy to offer a part of your income for somebody bringing a buyer. Right. Right. And so now uh, there's uh, every everybody who works with a buyer has to go and make sure that they uh, can clearly articulate their value. Right. Right. And and the fact is that there's just not not everybody in our industry can do that. And this might be hard to hear. Not every transaction actually is is worth as much as every other transaction. And so, uh, you know, and I'm saying this knowing that there's going to be consumers watching this. And, and that is that inside of real estate, just like every business, there is a cost to acquiring a, a client. And when somebody is very inexpensive to acquire, a lot of times that offsets the people who, who you spend so much money that you actually don't really make money. So, you know, so we have that kind of in our business, just like if you bought a can of Coke, mm -hmm. right? So it's a penny for the can, it's a penny for the, the, the soda, it's a penny for the water, uh, and then it, it costs 60 cents for them just to make sure that you're buying Coke instead of Pepsi. Right. And so, you know, and so then they make the margin above that. So every industry has that. Um, but when we, when we look at this, we say, okay, this is the 56th end of the world that we've had inside of real estate. Okay. So everybody take a deep breath. And then 
one of the things that, because, you know, I don't have a seat at the table and, you know, there are some people fighting this battle. And I think that they're on this easy and hard scale. There's also um, good and bad for real estate agents and consumers. And if it goes all the way to this hardest point, I actually don't think this is good for consumers. And if it happens, what'll happen with all disruption is it will get maybe over disrupted. And then all of the problems that we're not seeing will show up. And now it will fall somewhere back in the middle. And we'll just have to deal with the two years, five years, or decade that 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 takes to reshift. Okay. But in thinking about all of this stuff, one of the things that I've been thinking about is how um, how easy it is to spend your time focusing on things that are outside of your control, right? So I have, uh, you know, I do this as an agent podcast, but my, my heartbeat is a lot of times around leadership. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've learned in leadership, and St- Stephen Covey made this popular, there's a couple other books that were written about it, and that is that we have concentric circles in our life. And so the very center is the, what we call the sphere of control, and so in the sphere of control, ultimately, I actually just have myself, right? The only thing in this world that I can control, and even that's hard, is, is me. And so I get to control my skill set. I get to control my habits. I get to control how I show up in my relationships. I get to, sh- I get to control those things. And the next layer is going to be my sphere of influence. What are those things in this world that I have the ability to show up in and have some level of impact or some level of influence? And so then I can spend time and energy there. And that actually might be a massive multiplier for my business, for my life, for my leadership, all of those things. And then we have this outer ring, which is the sphere of concern. And this is a big problem because there are things that we are concerned about that we have no control over. And we have no uh, influence over. For me, for you, for most of the agents listening to this, the, this, this trial falls into the sphere of concern. Are you concerned about it? Yeah, you should mm-hmm. be concerned about it because we just have no idea how this is going to impact you. And however it impacts you, it's going to cost you time and energy and effort and work and all the rest. Okay, So you should, you should care. The challenge is that especially in 2023, um, Everything about our society says spend your emotional energy in the areas of a concern. And you can spend all of your energy uh, not being self-controlled as a person, not growing yourself, not reading books, um, but spouting off on social media or talking about, you know, what's going on in Israel right now. Is is it a concern? Oh, yeah, you better believe it's a concern. Uh, Is it something that you or I have an impact on? Like, I have no influence there. And I and 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 my self control, it it doesn't play play a factor, right. right? So when we look at a bunch of real estate professionals, and maybe this is inducing fear, right? And and there's just like this. Here's this concern. It's outside of your, you know, it's outside of your influence, outside of your control. Then we have to actually make this this hard emotional decision, and that is to just get extremely clear that if you are concerned about it but don't have influence or control, you cannot give your time and attention to it. Yep. Right? Yeah, I agree. So what's the story we're telling ourselves as realtors right now? Okay, so <laughs> it's a good question. So so the first thing is, is that there is an echo chamber story that we can and will tell ourselves. And that is that all of this is a massive disservice to the consumer. 
Okay, that's why the National Association of Realtors exists, as they see themselves as a consumer protection agency. And to a pretty significant extent, they, they do actually a good job of that. There's a long history of um, good efforts towards that. The issue is, is that because this is in our sphere of concern, if you and I agree 100%, this is so bad for home buyers, this is really bad for sellers, this will actually cause the, the total cost to go up. We can convince ourselves that. And we can tell ourselves that, and we can tell other people that, and, and we can just bury ourselves inside this echo chamber. But the issue is, this has no bearing on the outcome of this and how it changes our industry. Right. The other thing that's hard about an echo chamber is, I remember the echo chamber from the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And that was, people were trying to convince themselves to convince the consumer that the old way was good. Right. Uh, and it, the old way was fine, but it just wasn't the best. It wasn't the best for the, the agent or the consumer, as it turned out, right? And so as we navigate this, whatever comes out of this uh, may be best for consumer. It may not. We just mm -hmm. don't know, right. right? But what I'd say is the first thing is, is the story that you're telling yourself as to why all the reasons this is horrible, why all the reasons if it goes this way, it's going to be the worst, they're actually irrelevant, right? Nobody cares, um, and the, the deeper you go down that rabbit hole, the less time and energy you spend on retooling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So if we spend, you know, three hours a week or four hours a week, like researching, thinking about this, but we really don't have any control over it. And it's it, like, it's just wasted time. Yeah. It's just wasted time and energy. Right. Yeah. So what we, what I want to see agents do is I want them to control the things they can control and influence the things they can influence, right? And it actually ends up being that simple, Yeah. right? So what what can we as agents work on today to be prepared for, you know, whatever direction, easy, hard, this goes? What should we be doing today? Yeah, so I think it's a, it's a good question. So one of the things that we're seeing right now coming out of maybe some of the more easy years of real estate and going back into some hard years Right. This, right. the last 18 months or so have been harder than a lot of people in our industry have ever seen. Uh, what ends up happening is that ultimately skill, like, and we've talked about this, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about mindset, effort, and skill set. We talked right. about those three things. People who are willing to put in the work to become the top 1% of really anything in the world, they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, I think about uh, the travel agency world, right? I remember growing up you had to go see a travel agent. If you wanted to get a plane ticket, they were gatekeepers. Yeah. Technology disrupted that industry. And all of a sudden, it seemed like the travel agency world disappeared. Like that industry was no longer. It's actually not true. Right. The travel industry now is better and stronger and more profitable than it's ever been. What happened was the travel industry industry found out that their value wasn't helping po people book tickets from you know Spokane to Phoenix. Right, like that's easy. People can do that without really any help. But if somebody is going to go, let's say, from Seattle to Croatia, and they've never been before. There are so many unknowns. And if you're like most people, like you don't have this huge amount of money to go blow. And even if you have a good amount of money for a vacation, you really don't want the experience to be meh. You don't want yeah. to show up and not know where to go, or what to do. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? You call somebody with experience in that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife's sister actually works for a really high-end travel company. Mm -hmm. And she has gone to all these def destinations. She has personal relationships with all the people they recommend. So you pick up the phone and you call her. 
and you say, I want to go to Antarctica, and they can curate this amazing custom plan for you, and, and they make really, really great money doing it. So when we look at that maybe being an extreme of what this could happen, what ends up happening is the people who made their bread and butter because they their only skill was to get you from Spokane to Phoenix, and once that was no longer there, they went away, that could happen. Mm -hmm. But that won't ever happen to the very best in any industry because the institutional knowledge that they have, especially to do what, what can be incredibly complex in real estate, um, there's going to be room for the best. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that if you embrace your skill set, embrace maybe some hard things and are able to really demonstrate your value, yeah, there's hope. Yes. Yeah. I, I have a good friend of mine that, that calls me. Uh, we've actually talked a lot, uh, uh, two or three times. I'm not, I'm not his agent, uh -oh. right? But he calls me with real estate questions and I have so much fun helping him navigate some of these really hard situations. He couldn't find the answers I can give him on Google. Right. And he's not going to be able to find some of the nuances of the things that I've known because of all the years of experience. Yeah. And so I can demonstrate value to him. And, uh, and that's, that's something that is, is just being able to do that over the course of time. There's going to be a place for you. And, you know, there's all of these, you know, maybe, maybe they're overused, but uh, WebMD did not put surgeons out of business, right? right? Legal Zoom did not put my attorney out of business. He charges me more than he ever has, right? Uh, and, and there's no way I'm going to go to Legal Zoom because the things I need him to navigate are way more complex than me filling out a form. Not only are they more complex, but occasionally I'll be on the phone with my attorney and I will, I will be saying, hey, I want to do this thing. And he will ask me a question that I had no context for. I had no idea uh, that I should even be asking that question. And the fact that he knew to ask the question and then knew how to help me navigate that saved, you know, like saved me going off the rails. Yeah. Okay. In real estate, we can provide that same level of service. And ultimately, if, if we zoom out and we think, you know, in five or 10 years, what does the industry look like? It may look like there is a significant amount more loyalty between the consumer and their agent because that relationship is, it's not based off the gatekeeper anymore. It's not even based off of you're the person who picked up the phone, but it's the based off the person who has the ability to sit down and explain and demonstrate the value that they have. Yeah, I think that's, a, a, you know, as an experienced agent and somebody that talks with a lot of agents, I think that does, it gives you some hope that, hey, let's work on our craft. Let's get really good at hard conversations and really good at demonstrating our value to our, to our clients and delivering on the value. Yeah. Right. Sure. Like, and, and, and we'll, you know, we'll still be around because yeah. they're still going to need us. Yeah. In some aspect. Yeah. And so you think about, okay, so if you're an agent, you're listening to this, um, what is the reason? Uh, are you afraid of this situation? So there's a couple ways you can do that. One is you can be like, I'm not afraid. And the reality is, is like, you're just kind of puffing up and be like, ah, yeah. oh, it's all going to be fine. Okay. That's not the best. Or you say, okay, I'm going to be honest with myself. I'm afraid of this situation or I, I'm really like whatever. And that could be because you're exhausted. You've been working your tail off for a long time and this is another thing on top of other things. Okay. That's fair, right? That it's been a long, hard trip for, for a lot of people. Keep going, right? Mm. Endurance, endurance is a part of, part of running this race. Uh, so I would say there's that. And then the other piece of this is just understanding that Anytime there is disruption, there is a period of time that even if you're really, really good, it, it can have a pretty negative impact on you for a period of time. So 
so if the fear is based off of the negative impact, I get it. If the fear is based off of just like it's another hard thing on top of hard things, I get it. But if the fear is based off of if you're honest with yourself, you are literally not willing to grow. You are not willing to learn. You are not willing to try to make it to the major leagues, right? You're okay with the pickup uh, softball game, you know, in the beer league. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But that's not going to cut it potentially. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As you're saying this, it makes me think back of our invest in growth conversation. Right. And, and I think one of the things that I said at that point is if, if you refuse to embrace growth, growth will be forced upon you. Right. It's about to be forced upon you or you're going to be forced to go do something else. Right. And, and rarely, you know, growth is, is such a fun word until you actually grow. Mm. True growth is into a space that you're not necessarily even wanting, but you, you're choosing. So that's just hard. So I would say that there's, there's three things that I think that agents need to be paying attention to now. Number one is um, you need to have a fundamental sales skill, which is being ready, willing, and able to ask for business mm-hmm. across financial services, real estate, uh, any kind of sales. The person who is scared of just saying, hey, Jake, would you use me? Like, would you hire me? You know, can I earn your business? If you can't ask that question, you're gonna, you, there's a good chance you're going to go away. Yeah. Right? There's a good chance you're actually going away right now because the market's hard enough that it requires that skill set. Yeah. Okay. It's always required that, uh, just not as much in the last few years. So, so are you building your skill set around, uh, building your skill set and your emotional health, maybe, to be able to ask for business? The second skill set that a lot of people in our industry don't have, and a lot do, and that is, um, I need to be able to ask you for business, and I need to be able to ask you to pay for my services. Mm-hmm. And there is there is kind of a confluence of your professional skills and um, how well you deal with rejection and confrontation and conflict and all that stuff. And so if you're not growing yourself personally to be able to grow into that, you're going to have a really hard time because you're going to need to sit down with somebody and not just ask them for business, but you're going to need to also ask them to compensate you for your work. And that, that shouldn't be weird because you, you know, if, if you had somebody come over and they're going to build a fence for your house, they're, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to do those things and you're going to have to pay for it. And, and it's very normal. So I think that regardless of what happens here, um, you're going to have to be able to ask them to pay for your business. And what makes that maybe a little harder than, than maybe it has been in the past is there's kind of a general direction, uh, with, with, uh, technology that every, that everybody is kind of, um, entitled to everything being free. Mm-hmm. And that could create some challenges for the industry. The, the problem, the problem for that, that narrative or that direction is, is that it just can't last, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to outlast that. But at some point, what happens is, is everything gets pushed closer and closer and closer to free. And all of a sudden, there's a pushback. So the last set of disruptors or disruption that we had in our industry, uh, they had the ability for a period of time because of huge, huge venture capital investments. They had the ability to go out and compete for free. You know, so Zillow, Open Door, OfferPad, they had the ability to go out and say, real estate agents, we're going to outmode you because we can do everything that you do for basically for free, right? 
Turns out you can do things for free with other people's money for a period of time. Yeah. So what happens is, is that anytime there's disruption that just doesn't have maybe good sound um, business financials, is that that's going to create really big problems for the people that are being disrupted for a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years. And that, that can suck to go through. But ultimately, all, all disruption that doesn't actually work fundamentally, it goes away and it reshifts. And so people that are going through that have to be able to survive it and learn how to thrive in the midst of it. So those are the two. So uh, be able to ask for business, be able to ask to be compensated. And I think the third thing is uh, be worth what you charge. And this is an interesting thing in sales because some some transactions are easier than others. And, and the interesting thing about that is, is that some that you think are going to be easy end up being incredibly hard yeah. and vice versa. But you know, if, if I, if I walk into my attorney's office and he says, Hey, like, here's the situation you presented to me, here's going to be the cost. And maybe it ends up being really easy or really hard. Um, I'm okay with paying that price because of the outcome. Right? So as a real estate professional, do I ask the level of questions? Do I bring the level of solutions and professionalism to the table that nine out of 10 times, somebody's going to say, yeah, I see the value in working with you. And if you can do that and you can grow that skill set, you're going to be fine, even though it could be hard for a while. Yep. Nice. Okay. Well, this was our uh, our unique take on what this case is going to do to to us in the short term, maybe in the long term. You know, a couple different paths, or, or mm-hmm. you know, essentially a few directions that this could take us. Yeah. Um. So and and this you know, we'll be kind of the first of maybe as this evolves, we might be doing some more updates on what this, this is going to mean. So, uh, I guess the last thing I would tell you is just embrace your professionalism, learn your skill sets and embrace the hard things. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is something that, you know, if you control everything that you can control and you influence everything you can influence, uh, you can sleep good at night, even if the results for a period of time are not what you want them right. to be. And my my push and my encouragement is to real estate professionals is be a professional. If you see something that doctors, lawyers, engineers, and other professionals do, and you look at that and you're like, that looks really hard. I don't know if I want to operate at that level. Get over yourself and get there. Do those hard things because that is what causes you to become necessary, not because you're the gatekeeper, not because you have commissions baked into the deal. All that stuff becomes eventually irrelevant if you are in the top 1% of what you do. Nice. All right. So guys, check out uh, our next episode, which is the one thing that every client is looking for in their agent. Trust. Absolutely. They want to trust you as their agent and they want you to be trustworthy, right? So hopefully this had an impact on you, empowers you and really encourages you through, you know, maybe what could be a fearful time in your real estate career. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So awesome. Thanks guys for watching or listening. And as always, uh, if you found this helpful, share it with somebody and give us, uh, give us five stars, give us some thumbs up. We really appreciate it. Take care. See ya.